Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. On October 2nd, 2020, live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. This is what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host, Joe Terry. You can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. This is what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the president and CEO of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman. And, of course, with us because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you? I, I'm well, Joe. Good morning. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, and happy Friday, everybody. The sun's out. It's happy a beautiful day. Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. It's our favorite yeah. day of the work week. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. And it is a work okay. day. It, it is a work day. It is a work day. So, it was so hot last night. How hot was okay. it? Very good, Joe. Very good. I was wondering if anybody on this program was old enough to remember that. How hot was it? It was so hot. It was so hot. And, you know, we don't have air conditioning like a lot of people, you know, that live in older homes in, in, in the beach cities. Uh, it was so hot that my husband and I decided to take a bike ride at 830 last night. Um mm-hmm. But just because it was just too hot. It was just too hot to, you know, be in the house. So we took a bike ride, and boy, oh, boy, everybody else had the same idea. Uh, we drove through several, you know, downtown areas, and it was just packed. You know, all the outdoor dining patios and parklets and stuff, were, everything was packed. It was unbelievable. Uh, gotta love, gotta love those hot summer nights. I um, I agree. I you know I left my office a little bit later than usual last night, and when I did, I swooped down to Manhattan Avenue and, and drove through. I, I like to do that a lot, just to see the outdoor dining decks and how busy they are and who's out, you know. And it was packed. I um, I saw the same thing. Just I was in my car, unfortunately, just headed home. But um, yeah, beautiful. I mean, the alfresco dining. Wow. Like you know, I hope we have. Uh, very mild or actually kind of warm 
um, fall and winter. Not hot, <laughs> but warm so people can continue to enjoy uh, the beach, you know, the, the evening bike rides in uh, all the alfresco dining. It's just, um, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. Uh, it, it, is. Have a, mm-hmm. it is. It is. When you can it have is. a good That's... meal and enjoy. Um, Jackie, um, what was the line you said that Joe chimed in um, at the very beginning of the show? Oh, it, um, it, it was it was so hot last night. Oh, how, how hot, hot was, was it? it? Uh, yes. How hot, so I remember exactly. that too, but... <laughs> But what show or who was that from when we were all much younger? Johnny Carson was, and Ed McMahon. Johnny wait, Carson, thank you, thank you, wait, thank wait, you. Wait, no, no, wait, 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 wait. I think it, I think it was Match Game. It was Match Game. You remember the host when G, was it Gene Rayburn? He would have the card. Uh, yeah. Sadie was so happy. How happy was she? You remember the questions he would? I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it originated with Match Game. Now that's going back game. a little bit farther. Yeah. That's why I was saying I don't I, I didn't know if anybody would remember that, but I'm pretty okay, sure well, it originated on yeah, Match they, Game. They yeah, I think Johnny picked it up as well. Yeah. Hey, I have a yeah. fun fact for you. Now that we're talking about old school game shows, have I ever shared with the two of you? No one else is listening. I know absolutely no one's going to hear this. But have I ever no, shared with no. you that I was a contestant on To Tell the Truth? Decades yes. ago, with with Kitty Carlisle, David Niven Jr., Mother Love, remember that whole crew? Yes, um, I, I remember it. I remember. I yes. was a con- yes, I was a contestant. And what, um, what year was that? I, oh my gosh! Um, so, so you don't ask questions like that. We don't. We don't. We don't talk years. <laughs> we don't do that. We don't do that. What What I want to know is what What was your line? Or, or, well, or who was I impersonating? Like, you mean? Yeah. 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 I was in, I was impersonating the new at the time the new Miss World, who was and so Joe, you can Google this and figure out the year. Um, I was impersonating the new Miss World, who was Gina Tollison, who ended up, uh, gosh, like a year or two later, marrying Alan Thicke, the late Alan Thicke. Now, oh, wow. but um. Talk about trivia, and I received three of the four judges' votes. They thought I was the new Miss World. Um, which well, there really you go. Upset her, really upset her because she, she thought everybody should this should just be obvious that everybody knew that she was Miss World. Um, right. She was beautiful, gorgeous, stunning, and gorgeous. And her handler after the show was just like, "I'm so sorry." She, you know, she's you know she's very upset. <laughs> And I'm like, I was just having fun and, you know, apparently had a good poker face. So, anyways, a little fun fact. Um, but Now we know. All those old, now we know. Yeah, now you, now okay. you know. Those old game shows are just um, classic or talk shows, too. Just classic. So, yeah. um, uh, speaking of talk show, um, how about um, the debate? Uh, talk show, talk show. <laughs> that was quite a talk show. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, and I'm happy to say that I redeemed... I think at least the local face in yeah. candidates um, mm-hmm. on Wednesday with our Matt Beach City Council candidate forum that the chamber hosted. Um, that was, of course, the night after the presidential debate. So, um, you know, obviously mm-hmm. a little different style um, in keeping it local here. Mm-hmm. But um, we had a we had a really nice chat with all seven of our local city council candidates. You know, we have. 
On the November 3rd ballot, there are three openings and there are seven candidates. Um, two of the candidates are incumbents. Um, one is a former councilman that um, has um, sat out a term, and one is a commissioner, and then the other three are brand new to any type of public office. So it was a very wow. interesting conversation. Uh, we talked about everything from homelessness to safety to the environment to economic development um, and, you know, how to keep um, our lovely town robust and going uh, during this crazy, crazy time. And I did, you know, we've talked about this a lot on the show, but I did, everything was more of a dialogue question. They had one minute to answer, you know, um, but I, I did, I threw in one rapid fire round, as we call it, and it, with a yes or no response only. No, no other response allowed. And that was when the local emergency, which is basically when the pandemic ends, and the city lifts the local emergency order, are you in favor of maintaining the outdoor dining decks as they stand right now, uh, the sidewalk dining that has been allowed, you know, as it stands, and in many cases, like parking lot dining, because there's other places on, you know, other streets, that comes to the pulpit and stuff, and at the mall that have parking lot dining. Um, are you in favor, yes or no, of keeping outdoor dining kind of as it looks right now if the business chooses to do so? Yes or no? That's all I want to hear. And I got mm-hmm. yeses from everybody. I got yeses from everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know our, yes, our, that's our, gonna... guest that, uh, our guest that has not been announced yet is um, probably uh, very happy about that. But um, we had, other than that, we had a, a really uh, fun, you know, interesting very thoughtful, uh, respectable forum, and I'm, I'm looking forward. We were the first forum in the city uh, for our candidates, and, you know, that, that, that's a tough one for new people, too, and everybody's trying to figure out how everybody stands and, you know, the personality. So there's several other ones coming up, not by us, but by other organizations. And, you know, I just <laughs> I encourage people to vote, but vote with intelligence. Vote with knowledge. Know your candidates. Know your propositions. You know, get informed. Don't just vote because you like someone's hair or you see their signs all over the city. Vote with intelligence. So, anyway, I, I, I will get on. I have a question for you. I have a question for you, yeah. Kelly. I saw your newsletter yesterday about that, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch it Wednesday night. Did you by any chance tape it? And is there someplace people can go to watch it? No, we did purposely no. did not um, record okay. it. And, you know, there's so much going on right now with people using snippets of information and video to do, you know, kind of derogatory things. And uh, we actually had a long conversation about that and decided to go old school and not tape it and publish it. And, um, you know, we had over 435 people registered for the event. So we had an excellent, a much bigger turnout than you would have if you were actually in person at, you know, um, an auditorium, well, not an auditorium, but like normal, a normal meeting place. So we were very happy and there's been a lot of nice comments. So anywho, um, but hey, we have a big, 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 big weekend in Manhattan Beach. Right. That's right. I know exactly what it is. It's fair time. It is the 48th annual Manhattan Beach Hometown Fair otherwise dubbed as the unfair fair, (laughs) Um, unfair. Um, And, of course, 
it's virtual. We cannot have the fair normally. Um, it would be they'd be setting up right now, but uh, it's all virtual. There's really fun uh, Manhattan Beach unfair uh, merchandise available, T-shirts, sweatshirts, puzzles um, to purchase. They will be set up tomorrow down in downtown Manhattan Beach um, near the library and uh, the civic area selling merchandise. Um, the Manhattan uh, Beach 10K is virtual. That would normally would be tomorrow morning, very early in the morning at 7 a.m. Good news is you get to sleep in if you want. Um, and uh, even better news is there are people across the country who normally would be flying out here to run the hometown fair because uh, it, it does gather um, or attract people from all over the country. Um, this year, they get to stay in their hometown and run. And if they want to take a video and post it, um, they're still welcome to post their times. There will be no placement prizes, you know, because they can't uh, digitally calculate, you know, get everybody's times. Mm -hmm. But um, between the run and then the hometown fair, um, the spirit is still alive. There's a silent auction. Uh, mbfair.org is the website to go check out everything. And um, if you're craving some of the fair favorite foods, like a pepper belly, mm -hmm. a tri-tip sandwich, or a funnel cake, <laughs> they are going to be available. And we're going to find out today more about that a little bit later in the hour. But um, there are some right. restaurants that are hopping on board to serve up some of that delicious fair food. And before we intro get our guests i just want to say one i saw um you know my office is in the post office area here the little post office in manhattan beach and i bumped into a mom that i haven't seen in probably a year or two and she was carrying in you know if it fits it ships boxes which we all use for our college students uh you mm -hmm. shove them full of food and t-shirts and other things to get your kids through college and she was walking into the post office and i'm like oh hey melinda you know it's good to see you she's like i'm shipping pepper belly ingredients to my kids at college so they can experience the fair <laughs> i thought that was so cute she's like i'm shipping it all right now so they'll get it by fair weekend and they can still have a pepper belly for the weekend so i thought that was really cute which is you know chili and mm -hmm. Burritos and I'm not sure mm. if she was shipping, you know, fresh sour cream and onions, but um, you know, she was shipping the ingredients for them to have a fun uh, pepper belly, you know, with their roommates and stuff. So um, people, you know, are in the spirit. Anyways, that's what well, I have for you this morning. One one note on the pepper belly, you know, yes. I have been going to the hometown fair since I moved to the South Bay thirty plus years ago, whatever it is, and. I have that every year. You know, the first time I get there, I get there. The first thing I do is go get a pepper belly. And after the first couple of years, I actually tried to make one at home. And it was edible. It was good. It's just not the same. It's not the same eating a pepper belly at home for me. You know, it's, it's, it's something about walking through the fair eating your pepper belly. Um, it's well, not the same as doing it at I home. Agree. For me. And for me, yeah. I agree. And smelling all the other foods and... Stopping yes. by the beer garden, stopping by the wine garden, and, uh, you know, um, it's just like eating a corn dog. It's not the same if you buy a frozen corn dog and heat it up. Um, there's nothing yep. like that fresh corn dog. You know, I know. And just, you know what? It's the experience, right? And exactly. the experience, there's so many other sensory, you know, stimulations than just eating. And I, I agree. But um, we do the best we can this year. 
And, uh, you know, everybody keeps saying, I can't wait for 2020 to end and this year. Well, yeah, this is going to extend <laughs> in 2021. So I'm just saying for now, um, you know, that we do the best we can. Anyways. Um, All right. I'm excited to have our guests on today. Yeah. Joe, should we get to yeah. it? Yeah. We are in a period of time where there's nothing more important than hospitality and food Jackie, if only we could find someone who knew something about hospitality and food. What do you think, Jackie? If only. If only. If, if only. only. If, if only. If okay, only. so we have, a re- we have a returning guest this morning, Michael Zislis of the Zislis Group. Serial entrepreneur, restaurateur, hotelier, and philanthropist, Michael has captivated consumers with his wide-ranging portfolio of well-loved and highly successful hotel and restaurant concepts. It all started with a fascination for beer when he was when he brewed his first beer for a school science experiment at 13 years old. By the time he was a student at USC, he was a master brewer. In the late 1980s, Michael opened one of the first breweries in California, the Manhattan Beach Brewing Company. And subsequently, he has helped open more than 140 breweries worldwide. He launched his first full-service restaurant concept, Rock and Fish, a seafood and steakhouse in Manhattan Beach in 2000. In 2009, he opened a second Rock and Fish restaurant at LA Live, located in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. Adding hotelier to his many titles, in 2004, Michael transformed an urban revitalization project in Manhattan Beach into the area's first and only luxury boutique hotel, Shade. The hotel has received many accolades, including a place on Condé Nast Traveler's Hot List, in addition to being the magazine's number six reason to visit Los Angeles. Shade was also named one of the top 25 trendiest hotels by the U- in the U.S. by TripAdvisor. In October of 2016, Michael expanded his hotel brand, opening the second Shade Hotel on the water's edge at King Harbor in Redondo Beach. This project is considered a cornerstone in the city, uh, in, in the city's water revitalization project, and has already been awarded recognition as the best hotel in Redondo Beach by the media. In 2011, he opened the Strand House, a highly acclaimed restaurant featuring farm-fresh fine dining, complete with stunning ocean views. The Strand House is also home to the Culinary Master Series, which is an ongoing series of dinners that welcome celebrated chefs from around the world into the restaurant's kitchen for one night, bringing their signature cuisine to the South Bay. Now, Michael's greatest passion lies in, in his philanthropic endeavors. Each year, he enthusiastically helps raise significant funds and awareness for health, education, and environmental causes, and serves on the foundation board of Torrance Memorial Medical Center. He is an active supporter of causes of organizations such as Walk with Sally, Growing Great, and several education foundations. Now, this morning, we'll discuss the hospitality industry during COVID-19, and we'll get an update on all of the Zisless Group properties and their special Manhattan Beach hometown fair food that will be served at each property this weekend. Welcome back to the program, Michael. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Wow, what a great introduction, Jackie. I feel like a yeah. celebrity. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, I, I, it, it's, it's goes without saying that you've certainly um, made a splash here in the South Bay. I mean, one thing that uh, I'll never forget is uh, is seeing uh, Gene Simmons uh, coming into town. And uh, so my first question, I mean, it's a great introduction, but my first question is, who approached who? Did you approach Gene or did he approach you about Rock and Bruce? 
it was a just a mutual meeting and, and like-minded uh, concept. You know, he wanted to do something where he could uh, use all of his rock and roll influence, but he was very afraid to do something poorly, like let's just say like a Planet Hollywood or something. And I had enough uh, uh, restaurants and enough track record that showed the quality of our food and the quality of our service that he did, he and Paul Stanley decided to take a risk and, and do the first Rock and Brews in El Segundo, which today I can hmm. proudly tell you it opened back up after COVID and a full remodel right. seven days ago. Right. So I'm just happy that that's I, back I, open. I, so the El, El Segundo store was our first store. And believe it or not, it was the last store to reopen due, due to COVID. Right. There was there was some uh, some concern about uh, the El Segundo location. I was there last Sunday. It was a fantastic experience. Um, felt very safe. Uh, the staff is executing their protocols uh, extremely well. But we had we recently had, as a matter of fact, we the the show aired. Yesterday, we had Richard Foss on the show, and we talked about, you know, how people were decrying the, 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 the closing of multiple restaurants. And he said, in a good year, in a great year, 20% of new restaurants fail in a great year. So please don't, you know, <laughs> uh, call for or, or say the restaurant industry is failing because the restaurant industry is tough. They'll get through this uh, with, with guidance and support from the government. We're, we're asking you, Mike Zisless, we're asking you to tell us what is the health, what's going on with the hospitality and the restaurant industry? What is going on? Well, it's going to be very, very tough times. Um, and I would say that, you know, I think of the businesses that have been hit the hardest. It's like event centers like Staples Center, uh, arenas, restaurants, hotels, and think about spas, you know, and hair salons. I mean, they were just locked out of their businesses for so long. Thank goodness somebody got caught and they opened up uh, hair salons to 25% so they could at least make some money. But the problem is, Everybody was working on a real low margin factor. You know, the restaurant business works on a 75 to 15% margin. And when you say you mm. can reopen a, di- a dining room at 25%, the math does not work. Mm. So, you're losing money. You know, the, you're losing money. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of tempers in the industry. You know, they get very frustrated. It's, you know, as, as much as the city of Manhattan Beach went way out of their way to approve everything, it still is a permit process and it takes time and you have to put in blueprints and fill out forms. And, mm. you know, when you, when you can't make payroll, as a lot of restaurant tours couldn't, you know, the tempers were flaring. So I just mm. got to say that we were lucky to be in the South Bay because they were quick, quick to act. Like LA city did not act fast. You know, it took them four months before they allowed any outdoor dining. But Manhattan Beach mm. took it up for first day. It was put on the agenda. They took it up and passed it. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough year. And I, I would say you're going to see a 50% fallout of restaurants. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you know, co- Congress is not helping right now. Uh, they've been talking about mm-hmm. 
what businesses are still being affected right now? Well, that would be the arenas, Everyone. the probably, probably the airlines. I mean, when I say really affected, I mean they're not able to make money. You know, they're not able right. to open. And the businesses that are not able to open do need an extra round of support. And uh, for political reasons that I don't want to explain because they're too complicated, these guys can't get their act together to help the people because they're always worried about their right. side. You know, it's just a shame. Right, right. I don't. I don't think that most people understand. Um, and and I was just listening to a a, a good uh, talk by the chairman uh, or or the uh, president CEO of um, of Delta that airlines buy fuel on a day by day basis. They buy fuel months, if not years, in advance on contract. They have to do it on a commodity basis. And those contracts are fixed. They've already been paid for. If they don't use the fuel, they're literally paying for stuff they're not using. It's, it's an untenable situation. It cannot continue. Um, if we don't get our act together, we're going um, to lose airlines, literally, um, when you think about local um restaurants and 50% again uh you know uh in a in a good year 20% are going to be lost of new restaurants but but we're not talking about new restaurants we're talking about established uh we're talking about 40 year old 50 year old restaurants in New York and Chicago and Atlanta and so forth these older restaurants that are closing that that people are are saying you know you know, I grew up with that that restaurant or that brand. Um, it's it's really shocking. Um, can anything be done, or do you think we're just going to have to work our way through it? Well, for, first of all, I really feel bad for New York and Chicago. You know, anywhere East Coast, they don't have the, look, look. Today is October what two, and the weather we're going to have an right. eighty degree day. It's not it's not bad, right. guys. You know, if you died and right. went to heaven, it wouldn't be as nice as the South Bay. But, uh, you know, New York, it's going to get really cold and it's going to rain. And and they want to open with this 25% uh, um, opening procedure. They won't make it. The rents are too high. And, the land, right. you know, a lot of landlords, a lot of landlords, I mean, everybody's affected during COVID. But a lot of landlords mm-hmm. played, played nice and a lot of the landlords didn't play nice. And the ones that didn't play nice, nice here they do. They have a tenant. For, you know, 10 years, 15 years, that always paid their rent on time, and they're like, you're out, goodbye. You know, they would rather do that than work with the tenant. I mean, I don't know how on a two-and-a-half-month payroll PPP loan you could pay your rent for the last six to seven months and be closed. I just don't know how it could happen. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of risk. I mean, how how much do you want these restaurateurs to go into debt? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's going to be – it's going to be very difficult times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. um, when we think about going forward, we know that the Zisless group is strong. Um, your properties are looking good. Um, how can we uh, extend some hope to those other restaurants that may be struggling? And of course, of course, you know, the weather Kelly has already said we're going to have a mild 
uh, not warm, but a, a mild uh, winter. Um, she's promised. <laughs> Kelly has promised she's going to have a, a mild winter. Um, so we're going to be okay. Uh, the rest of the country, I'm from Chicago. Uh, I always used to say, uh, it's cold on Halloween. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be devastating. It It is going to be one tough, tough year. You know, my goal is to just break even. Remember, like, let's talk about the strand house. I have a hundred seats now, uh, with the two, mm. the two outdoor patios. I used to have 300 mm-hmm. seats. So I'm doing a third of the business. And I feel if in the mm-hmm. next 12 months, I can keep my staff employed and, and break even, that's a win because there are people, you know, I've heard of one restaurant in Manhattan Beach who's lost over $400,000 so far because mm. they just don't have, any, they don't have any way to do outdoor seating where their location right. is. So some people, some people got some good land, you know, some good spaces, and other people were where they couldn't put an outdoor patio, and they're just getting hurt, you know, really bad right now. Right, 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 right. Um, I, I think, uh, uh, Kelly, I would turn to you and ask, when you look at the survey of restaurants, restaurants, the nature of the business are more likely to join uh, the chamber than uh, a, a single person at home sort of consultancy. When you look at the restaurants that are members of the chamber, Kelly, is it, is it, is it going to be 50% or is it going to be more, do you think? You know, Joe, that's a great question, I, and I don't know the answer. Um, I don't know that anybody knows exactly the answer. Um, it is, it's difficult, um, yeah, and, and there's, so, there's so much creativity going on within the restaurants. You know, from the, from the moment that this started um, with takeout, I mean, the, the takeout and the family meals, like a lot of the Zisless restaurants, you know, shifted immediately. Uh, well, some of them, you know, closed, but then when they reopened, um, they shifted to, you know, and they resurrected the family meals that they had done at other um, properties. Um, some other properties in Manhattan Beach just ramped up, you know, like six gear, you know, the takeout, mm. because before we could even do the outdoor dining. And, creative family meals just to keep their staff in, you know, employed and, and to barely keep their heads above water. I'm, you know, I don't think any of them were honestly making any, you know, profit. They were just, you know, at first trying to keep their employees on board and to try to keep their space or whatever, pay the rent. Um, and then when mm-hmm. we were able to reopen a little bit, uh, which got, taken away quickly, you know, everybody was real happy. And now we're doing all this outdoor dining. And, um, you know, you've heard me say it, but Manhattan Beach um, with our guests, Michael Zisless, um, the Sims, Sims Group restaurants, and then a few others that were the first ones to get their outdoor dining decks built and running, set the standard bar none. Um, you know, if you are, you've heard me talk about, you know, looking north of us into Venice and Santa Monica and Brentwood over Beverly Hills, we look really good. And then the rest of South Bay, you know, Hermosa and Redondo is doing a great job. But, um, in fact, I have, um, 
uh, an old neighbor who just um, she has two properties here in New uh, in Manhattan Beach. She has a home in New York City and then a home in New Jersey. And she just came back out because she's a teacher and she can teach anywhere right now. So she's back out here for a little while, staying in one of her properties. And uh, like the the second day she was here, which was basically the first day she was able to venture out, she called me. She's like holy moly, you guys have done an amazing job with the outdoor dining. She goes, New York doesn't hold a candle. The village doesn't hold a candle to this. So um, hats off to Michael Zislitz for setting the standard. You know, uh, Mike Sims did the same with his properties on Manhattan Avenue. And um, they continue to adapt in the, in the city because we keep challenging the city with, you know, further regulations and allowing them to expand their decks and widen them you know, to increase the hours. And, you know, these are all very, very thoughtful questions um, that arise. And it's not, we don't just snap the fingers and go, okay, they have to be discussed. And because there's safety issues, there's this, there's that. But, um, you know, how long can that be done? And how long can people, you know, sustain um, that ability? And, you know, hopefully we'll get some, you know, indoor or indoor dining back. But, um, I don't know who's going to be open and who's going to be closed a year from now. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, if I was to wave, wave my magic wand, um, hopefully all of them are. Realistically, I think it's also the ones who have um, a good business plan, who have um, perhaps weren't already struggling before the pandemic hit. You know, because there are businesses who were already struggling for whatever reason before the pandemic hit. So. Um, mm. It is kind of survival of the fittest, and we're all in this together. And um, I, like Michael said, I, we're thankful to be in a city that is trying to react, you know, quickly. And yeah, uh, he yeah. mentioned, you know, temp- tempers and emotions are high, and and uh, we can see that sometimes. And I feel it. My my emotions are high sometimes too. So it's a, it's it's a mm-hmm. challenge, mm-hmm. but we're all trying, and that's the good news. If I, if I can add to that, Kelly. Yes. Um, when I say fifty percent. That doesn't mean Manhattan Beach. And I say it, it's, it's the Downtown Business Association. It's the chamber. It's our city council that made all these moves that I think will save our businesses. But you go to other cities, and these cities did nothing for their people. And, uh, mm. you, you know, you talk about Venice and, and San, you know, up that way. They just never got, you know, they, they required too much insurance, and they wanted all this paperwork, and these people, they wanted to charge them for their outdoor uh, area, you know what I mean? So I think, I think also it's going to come down to the city. And, you know, I think our city uh, just did a great job putting it all together. I mean, that's what's going to save most of the restaurants, I think, in Manhattan Beach. And then if I, I think Mike, about, and I think about Mike. hotels, go ahead. Mm. Jackie. Oh, no, no, finish your thought, finish your thought. So I think about hotels, you know, we are in a really nice situation with the shade hotels and I say that because we are a resort destination. Manhattan Beach and Redondo Beach are resort destinations. So I am getting tourist travel because you wanted to go to Hawaii. You can't go to Hawaii. So you want to go to the beach, you're going to come to the beach in California. So we've been lucky. Mm. But if you have a hotel, let's just say in Riverside, there's no business travelers. And that's what was filling mm-hmm. up all the other hotels. And then the question is, now that we're all becoming so proficient Zooming, what's going to be the future of the hotel industry and the travel industry? Is it going to get cut by a certain percentage? Because now everybody mm. can 
has figured out they can have these meetings online. So I, I worry about that as well. Uh, there's a lot. There's definitely a lot to worry about, Michael. Before we get to, um, or we can we can incorporate it. Um, we, would you go through each of your properties and and who's is everybody open? How are they open? Um, can you just go through each one and let us know uh, what what the situation is? Uh, and and sure. while you're at that. As you as you talk about each one, tell us what they're going to be doing as far as the special fair food this weekend. Okay, so Strand House, Strand House, like I said, is open. It's got a hundred seats outside. It's got two patios, those contentious patios upstairs, but they're outdoors, so those are able to be sat. That's part of my hundred. And this weekend, we'll be serving the funnel cakes at the Strand House. Since we're already famous for the donuts, we thought we'd. Uh, use kind of the same recipe and just per, per, uh, present it a different way. So we're going to have the funnel cakes. And we have closed uh, the Strand House on Mondays. It used to be open on Mondays. Now it's closed. Just There's just not enough labor force out there right now. I know that sounds weird, everybody, but it's very hard to find workers right now. Uh, across the street, we have Rock and Fish. It already had a little patio out front of about 24 seats. We have outdoor dining, so now we're up to 50 seats. So we're from, you know, 90 to 50, and that's that's open. And this weekend it will be doing the tri-tip sandwich from the the Gators. The I think it was the Grandview Gators did it for the last five years. So I'm happy to pre- pre- present that. Bruco has a little patio in front, maybe 10 seats, and then it has outdoor dining of uh, I think 36 seats. That's probably the toughest one I'm running right now because, you know, it just when you have a bar like a me or a Hennessy's, people are used to bellying up at the bar to get a beer or a cocktail. Right. And when you don't have when you don't have the bar, that really affects your business model. Um, so we, you know, we we were always a restaurant, but we had a big emphasis on beer, and now it's more of a restaurant with a beer next to your burger. So it's a little changed the the concept a bit. Then you go over to Shade Hotel. Shade, you know, like you said, with the valet spot at Shade, we were able to do the family meal. So we were selling 60 family meals a night. It was a full, you know, we still sell them. It's down now, cut in half now that restaurants are open. But, you know, we, you know, every day we have a different meal, and it feeds a whole family of four to six people for $50. So that was kind of a no-brainer, and that did real well. But also Shade set up with outdoor dining. And people really feel safe outdoors. I mean, I, I will just tell you right now, I think the reason some of my restaurants are doing so well is because when you do walk in, there's plexiglass, there's barriers, there's distancing. And maybe you go to another town and you go into a restaurant and you don't even see the server wearing a shield, you know, or a mask. And you think, oh, they, they're not doing it right, you know, so you might not go back there. But when you come into one of our restaurants, they take your temperature when you walk in. They write down your name for right. for tracing reasons, you know. We do all these things to make sure that nobody gets sick. And if for God, God doesn't, if it did happen, we'd have some record of who you were and 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 uh, how to get a hold of you. So Shade in Manhattan Beach has a lot of outdoor. The city uh, gave us patio dining in the Metlocks area, which really helped both me and Petros. So that was a real key to keeping us busy. And then the business really dropped off to zero, like zero, you guys, when this pandemic started for the mm-hmm. for the hotel rooms. I'm, I'm talking less than 10%. For a hotel that was 97% full for 17 years, okay? 
my occupancy is mm. 97%. So, but now I've got it up to about 70%. So that's mm. a beautiful thing for me, you know, keeping every, yeah. we've hired back our whole, our whole staff at Shade. So I'm very happy about that. Shade Redondo, I think, is doing better than it did before as far as the restaurant goes because it's got that big outdoor area right on the yep. water's edge, and that that wind is coming in your face. And people really want a lot of crosswind when they're outdoor dining right now. It makes them feel safer. So I think that's where a lot mm-hmm. of people are, are are spending their time is in that outdoor area right at the water's edge. It's, it's as fresh as you could be. You know what I mean? The air is coming right off the ocean. I, I and, want to jump uh, into, uh, Michael, I, I, I want to go back to Shade Manhattan for a minute because you guys also, since none of us can hold events, which you guys were always holding events at both your hotel properties, um, whether they were weddings, meetings, you know, the upper decks and everything, um, can't do that anymore. Um, but you guys in Manhattan Beach opened up your entire inner courtyard there that is so beautiful with the living wall. Um, and that you've positioned tables and seats and little lounge areas in there also so uh, which is open air obviously for those those who don't know but you I mean and and that affords a little more privacy for somebody who doesn't want to be out you know in the the Metlocks area too but um, you've done an amazing job of you know finding every creative space and every creative way um, to to adapt and I I believe the upper um, the upper patio um, Sky deck at Shade Manhattan is open also for um, seating, isn't it? Am I wrong on that? It, you, you are wrong on that. It's for the guests of the hotel, and then they, they do sell a pass for the day. So a lot of people will pay, I think it's like $50, and they, it includes lunch and a drink, and they can do their laptop work from, you know, they're so, you know when they're calling in and Zooming to their office. We get a lot of people that love to lay out on our deck and hang out in the pool. Right. So lot. it's open for guests or, yeah, okay, gotcha. Not open to the general yeah. public. But, you know, I do, sure. and you mentioned it, but I want to give a huge shout out. Um, Bar None is this group in all the properties. Um, from the very first moment that it was put out there with all the LA County health protocols and beyond, they went way above and beyond and immediately instituted at all their properties. So talk about consumer confidence. When people, you know, See what you guys have done, and you maintain those standards with the masks and the shields. Um, I, you know, I'm totally a fan and addicted to that little iPad face thing that you guys, you know, you lean your face up against, not on it, but to this iPad, and it takes your temperature. I, I love that thing. So you guys set the standard bar none in the safety protocol. So um, I think people feel very confident eating and staying at your property. So uh, congratulations. Thank you. And then if, if I could say what, what we could all do to help, you know, go out a little bit more if you can. But more importantly, if you could just spend the time to shop in our downtowns, that's probably the I – th- I think the retailers have been hurt the most. And it's really easy when you're scared to go to a store to do something online. But they have online presence as well or local merchants here in town. But if you're buying a book or you're buying a gift for a birthday party mm-hmm. – you know, shame on you if you're not going to a local store in town because we really got to gotta band together to help this whole community, and, and the retailers are the other half of the engine. So please, everybody, shop downtown. Um, and speaking of, um, Kelly, maybe you can fill us in on this. Um, how are the retailers? With all of these dining decks, it, 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 it looks like it's bringing more people to downtown. Are those people that are eating downtown – also shopping downtown or 
according to your sources? Um, you know, um, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, yes, but what's interesting is because all the dining is outdoors still, um, all the visual, all the activity, and visually, it looks more crowded than usual with um, headcount and, and foot traffic because it, everybody's outside. So instead of uh, a mix of people being inside and outside with the restaurants, everybody's outside. So um, with that being said, a lot of the retailers also have um, allowed their uh, neighboring restaurant to um, put up tables in front of their their right. retail stores, um, particularly like in the evenings as they're kind of closing. But a lot of the retail stores have adapted and they've shifted their hours a little bit more to be open maybe until 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock to capture some of those people that are coming down for dinner. So, yes. Jackie, um, I think for the most part, it yes, it is helping them. They're all just like the restaurants. Everybody's adapting. They're constantly evaluating it and shifting it. I think some of the just like um, Michael said, um, the Strand House is closed on Mondays. Now um, some of the retailers, you know, might be closed like on a Monday, maybe a Tuesday. I, I'm sure that will change as we're going into the holiday season. But um, the partnerships between the retailers and the restaurants um, and listening and hearing each other out um, and helping each other. Everybody's trying to lift everybody up. And um, it is remarkable, particularly downtown, you know, has the unique ability to always do that. They've always been a very cohesive group. But I know, you know, North End um, is doing that. The mall um, is just going to now be able to reopen on a limited basis next week. And a lot of those restaurants um, have a kind of an adaptation of outside, too. But um, I, there's, you know, this is a very friendly city, as the South Bay is, but um, there's never been, in my opinion, more collaboration, cross-pollinating and collaboration um, than ever before. And um, we're all trying to make it work, and we're all trying to hold each other up. And um, it, it's, it's working for many people. Uh, we have, you know, we have new businesses that are opening. God bless them. Um, there are some new retail. There are a few no, new smaller restaurants that have opened during the pandemic. And, you know, we're welcoming them with open arms, too. So, um, All right. All right. Well, listen, Michael, get back to, get back to your, uh, your restaurants. Uh, we've got the tri-tip covered. We've got the funnel cake covered. I want to hear what el- others, and I want to know who's doing the pepper bellies. So Bruco's doing the pepper belly. So I'm excited okay. about that because they are they already have the great ch- chili, and then the Shade Hotel in Manhattan Beach is doing the pulled pork sandwich. So we've got you know four of the classics covered. You know I wish I could I wish I could have put together a beer garden for you guys, but that breaks all the rules right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of beer gardens, uh, we have a couple of new ones. I I drove we, by the uh, Rock Rock and Brews on PCH and PV. Uh, tell us about those. So, yeah, Rock and Brews PCH has a big outdoor beer garden now uh, adjacent in the parking lot. Same thing. The city was very kind and uh, let us take up about 12 parking spots and put up a big, you know, rock and roll truss with the roof on it. And, and uh, the walls are open. Speakers, like 20 TVs out there. Everybody's watching all the playoffs. And then you move down to Torrance, and I've got the uh, Brews Hall right behind the Del Amo Mall there, and that was already a big outdoor space with a brewery. And we just launched a beer. Our first beer to market was a 
uh, Clayton Kershaw's Wicked Curve, and we put it in all the Gelsons throughout the state, and it sold out in three days. <laughs> oh, wow. So, <laughs> so, I, so we're, we're literally yeah. – fil- I was at the brewery uh-huh. this morning at 7.30, and they're already putting a, another pallet of cans through the canning machine, and they're trying to get it delivered to Gelsons so we have it for the playoffs. Oh my! Yeah, I was over there. I met somebody for lunch over at at, at the Bruce Hall last week. Ran into you. Uh, that gosh, that that's such a you've got two gigantic outdoor areas, and even the inside is is kind of open on both ends. Uh, so yeah. that's that's a that's a terrific setup there. Um, I just got to ask you guys: Isn't it weird that that you just can't stop in someplace now and just have a drink? You know. As a you know, like, you can't just go in and sit down and say, "Okay, I'll have a margarita." You know, every, everything everything has to have food with it. It's just it's just weird to me. You know, uh, I actually said to my husband the other night, "It was like, we'll take a bike ride. Maybe we'll stop and have a drink." And we're like, "Yeah, no, you can't really stop and have a drink these days. It's kind of a bummer." It is. Yeah, you, you know, have, you there's have to a order lot of food. Yeah, you have to order sorry, food, and there, there's a there's a lot of rules, you guys. And it, I'm not gonna lie to you. Sometimes there are good rules and sometimes there's some bad rules. So, uh, you know, I understand why they did it. They don't want you to become just a bar, but, you know, in the old days when you, you know, go on the strand and you wanted to run, run into rock and fish and have a Navy grog, there was no law against it. So now you got to have a Navy grog and an artichoke. Okay. Right, 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 right. Well, that was what we always had uh, at, uh, what what was the name of that? Uh, what was the name of that Japanese restaurant that was there? Ke- not Kikatsui. Hibachi. Hibachi. Hibachi, yeah. Yeah, that's what we used to do. We used to pop in there on a Saturday night and have a Navy grog and, a, and an artichoke. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, Michael, because you have a lot of employees. You know, you're one of the bigger employees in the South, uh, bigger companies in the South Bay. When this all came down, how did you navigate all – the rules, the regulations with your employees. Did you did you have like a, a, a big big meeting with all of your employees, sat them down and say, okay, these are your options, you know? And did you help them out with filling out, you know, unemployment papers? Or there, there were so it wasn't just a matter of shutting down the restaurants and and buying PPE when you when you first opened. There were, there was a lot of other stuff you had to navigate as a business owner. Can you can you just give us a little insight into that? Yeah, you know, I I've always tried to stay one step ahead of this, and I don't know how I did it, but you know, luckily I was correct. Uh, so I I say that I opened uh, when uh, the Kings canceled their game at Staples Center. I shut down the restaurant the next day. Uh, that was probably five days before the state closed restaurants. Everybody oh, kind of thought yeah. it was crazy, and I and I said to all the employees, go file today. And all those hmm. employees, and then I, then I talked to all the other employees, and I said, we're going to close within the next three days. Go file for unemployment today. And by doing that, I heard these horror stories of people having to wait, you know, 12 to 20 weeks to get their first check. And most of my staff were able to get their checks uh, within a few weeks of closing. The other thing was wow. we had to have all we had to have all the management empty out the restaurants, believe it or not. You know, the government doesn't give you a lot of time here. and It's one of my complaints is when I say government, I mean L.A. County or state of California. 
you know, they say close now. They don't say close tomorrow or in three days. They say close now. So all of a sudden, everything in your walk-in, all your prep food, everything's got to be abandoned. So then, you know, so the only way you can, and then you call the food banks, and they don't want it because everybody's calling the food banks. So we had to have all the employees come in and take all the food out, which, you know, helped them, I guess, a little bit. So we had to lay off all the employees. We had to have the manager mm-hmm. shut down the restaurants. Um you know, everybody was afraid. I mean, it, nobody remembers, but if you bring it up, you remember how afraid you were. You know, you're afraid like if you just mm-hmm. talked to somebody, you were going to get COVID. So yep. that mm-hmm. was very difficult. And then seeing people cry, you know, it's like, oh, my God, because it's like family. It's sense of family. You know, when you work at the Strand House or Rockin' Fish for 10 years, you know, you guys are family. And then all of a sudden you're not going to see your family anymore. So it was just a mm-hmm. really tough, tough time. And and being the leader of that organization put a lot of pressure on me. I'm not going to lie. 2020 is not the year I'm going to try to remember. Okay. So, mm. but we, but we did everything I think right. And, uh, and we brought back all of our employees, you know, and to this day, I got to tell you, it's kind of weird. We lost a lot of employees that just moved back. Let's just say you were out in Cal. Everybody's dream is to live in California, right? Well, when this came down, a lot of people moved back to their home home state and they just didn't come back so we lost a lot of great people to going back home with their families because i mean at that time i think the safest place they felt was to be at home with their family not in an apartment you know it isolated out so that was it yeah yeah it was yeah and yeah and economically i've seen a lot of people have to move back home and and like you said michael a lot of times that back home is you know, all the way across the country or something too. What, you know, what is the state of um, the, you know, pool of potential people to hire? I've heard from a lot of different restaurants that it's very difficult to find, um, you know, the kitchen help and um, other people. Are you you guys experiencing that at all your properties? Yeah, it's uh, definitely hard to, and then a lot of people are freaked out. I mean, I'm just telling you, you know, you, you you think you want to be a hostess at the restaurant, and then you have to put on a shield and a and a face mask, and some people just can't do it. They're like, I, I don't want to work. You know what? I thought I wanted to work, but I don't want to wear this hot face mask and this, you know, all day long. So, you know, a lot of people won't come back, and a lot of people are afraid of getting COVID. So, you know, what do you say to them? You can't make them work. So it's just some trying times for all of us. But, you know, I, I noticed today that the employment Unemployment rate went down to 7.9%, and I'm going to assume the minute they start letting, you know, people come back into restaurants, you might see a another point drop there, you know what I mean? But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely, I think that, I think, I think the labor, the unemployment market that you see is probably people that aren't ready to come back to work. They're just, they're nervous. And I, I've lost yeah. some really good employees, really good employees of mine for years that just kind of snapped at uh, COVID. They just couldn't handle it. Yeah, no, I've seen that a lot too. There, you know, and we talk about that. We have to respect everybody's comfort or discomfort level for whatever reasons, because it, it is a real thing to them. Um, Michael, you know, I, I talk with LAX, um, the airport, all the time, and work with them on a lot of different things. And you know, they are still seeing that um, travel, um, domestic travel, is off. You know, by eighty-five percent still. And international travel is, you know, 95%. It's just um, the, the numbers are staggering. How 
you know, the people that are, um, the guests that are you know, checking in and staying at your shade properties, are they regional? Like, gosh, are they coming from, like, the valley, like Pasadena? Because we have a lot of people here at the chamber that call. Every week we get this. Are the beaches open? People are still afraid the beaches are closed. Are they open? And, you know, I have this conversation with them where they're from. They're from Pasadena or maybe, like, Bakersfield. But, you know, who are, who, what are, who's staying at the hotels right now? Um, are we getting it's, a little further out northern California or, like, you know, Arizona people coming in? Yeah, you're getting driving. So anybody that can drive here is coming here. You're not getting a lot of flight people. They're not coming from the airport. So you're getting people from Phoenix, from Riverside, from, you know, inland. And let's face Mm -hmm. it, it's been a hot summer. It's been a hot summer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to come to our beach, you know, this is as close to Hawaii as you're going to get. You can drive here. So, you know, that's been good for, I'm sure, our restaurants, our shopping, and and our hotels. But we are definitely... But that peaks on the weekends. You know, we've actually, for the first time ever, implemented a, uh, a two-day policy on Saturdays just because everybody wants a Saturday night, and we sell out every Saturday night for the last nine weeks. So now, you know, the last mm. nine weeks, it's been a, two, a two-night minimum because everybody is doing a staycation. They're not getting mm-hmm. on a plane. And I, I don't think they feel comfortable getting on a plane right now, a lot of people. So it's just a lot safer to throw all your family in the car and drive from the desert out to the most beautiful paradise in the world and cleaner and, and clean, clean cleaner fresher air because with all these fires too, yes. good god um you know at least our air quality you know is uh usually you know better and fresher and uh, at least you can get that ocean breeze so yeah um and that's well, why and that's why that's why RV sales have gone through the roof everybody everybody wants an RV now it's so funny on my block alone on my street where I live we have like five new RVs in driveways. <laughs> Every everybody's bought or or sprinter vans. You know, everybody's got one now. You know, and it's the families with kids. You know, just get everybody in and go. Um, this has been an enlightening conversation, um, <laughs> Joe. We 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 need to we need to start wrapping it up. Well, it's it's uh, it's been a great conversation, Mike. Um, what what. Uh, you've accomplished over the years here is is amazing and remarkable it's uh it's gonna stand the test of time i mean the shade hotel redondo shade hotel manhattan will be here for a long 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 time i remember mike remember we talked about the the uh support underneath shade redondo how you had to (laughs) drill the extra feet uh, uh, supports there, which do you think might last for a hundred years or something like that? Um, yeah, lo- longer than me. Yeah. Um, great, great having you on. We'll have you on again uh, when we when we need to uh, uh, talk about the success and the revitalization of uh, the restaurant and and hotel industry. Thanks so much for joining us, Mike Zislet. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Kelly. And thank you, Jackie. Always a pleasure, Joe. You know, we got some weekending to do. Um, Thank you very much, and Michael, for taking the time out of your always busy day. Um, You are truly a rock star in the South Bay and beyond, so keep being awesome. You're you're one of a kind. Thank you very much. All right. All right. 
that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us, and uh, have a great, safe weekend. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.